0: Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. Now, when we're not feeling well the first place we often seek help is Dr. Google. I think we're all guilty of that. But how can we spot the difference between good advice and medical misinformation? Well, Dr. Afif al Kufash, consultant neonatologist and paediatrician at the Rotunda Hospital is with me in studio. He'll also be taking your baby and infant related questions so you can send them in to me lunchtime live at newstalk.com or you can WhatsApp them to me 087 1400 106. Good afternoon, Dr. Afif. Thank you for having me. We'll get me. to the, the first question uh, piece uh, first. How big a problem is medical misinformation online?
1: Well, I think it's becoming a massively huge problem mm. and it's pervasive and it's everywhere. And it can range from, you know, the advertising of a product and um, the health benefits of a product or a treatment all the way to actually instilling distrust in the medical profession. Mm. And it can come from a variety of sources. It can come from You know, well-meaning individuals that may advocate that something has worked for them or for their particular situation to influencers and celebrities partnering with brands, making unsubstantiated claims about the benefit of a medication or health product or something like that. And then self-proclaimed experts that, um, you know, take on a topic that they know is quite common, I suppose, and then start Coming up with some approaches and treatments that may or may not work.
0: Okay, I can see the dangers there because if somebody is a fan of that particular person, they will, I suppose, the whole basis of it is they will trust them and they will believe what they say and they might follow in their footsteps.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this misinformation can actually spread like wildfire. And the reason for that is they're designed to pry on the fears and anxieties of parents, the desire for a quick fix for a problem, pathologizing normal. baby behaviour like crying or fussiness or poor sleeping patterns. So you can see how this type of information or misinformation can spread. And this is why it's more important than ever for healthcare professionals to have a presence on social media to provide accurate evidence-based information and counterbalance the misinformation that is out there.
0: So you encouraging doctors and healthcare professionals to get online themselves and to...
1: Well, I think we have a responsibility because then misinformation will prevail. Mm -hmm. And that's how people are consuming information. You said it yourself. People are on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and that's where they get their information. People don't read anymore. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the information from official bodies are actually present in text form on websites that are really hard to navigate and read, that aren't actually designed for mobile phones. Who's sitting in front of their laptop researching stuff? You're actually sitting in your bed Or in your um, living room, scrolling through Instagram, absorbing all this information. So that's Mm -hmm. where we need to be.
0: There's other things as well out there. I mean, I'm 43 now and I find just because obviously the internet knows my age and I'm getting fed stuff about hormones because they know I'm female. I'm 43 and these things Ads and and whatnot flashing up. So if I was a different type of person, I might click in and go, "Oh, well, I'll buy, I'll buy those ones."
1: Yeah, and that's how it it spreads. I mean, Instagram knows that you're a parent of a newborn, so mm. it starts bombarding you with all of these things that will help your baby sleep, help your baby settle, help your baby poo better, and all of these things. And that's how these algorithms work. And unfortunately, if we are not present as healthcare professionals to counterbalance all of this and provide research based information that is absorbable, that is there in bite size um, chunks, if you like, because mm-hmm. our attention span is getting less and less, less and less. less now. I
0: know it must really fill you with dread when a patient or when a parent comes in uh, saying, I have just Googled
1: such and such and such. But actually, that, we welcome this because it then provides an opportunity for a discussion okay. about it.
0: Yeah, uh, there's a lot of questions for you here. Uh, my 14 month old has no teeth yet. Could there be something wrong?
1: Yeah, that's a bit unusual because most babies begin to teeth from in and around three to four months uh, to seven months. If by 14 months your baby hasn't teased, most of the time it's fine and they will come. But I would recommend a review by um, a dentist.
0: OK, uh, thanks for that. Uh, my 18 month old isn't walking yet. She has a cousin the same age and she's running around now. Should I be worried? First time parents, so I'm not sure what exactly is
1: normal. Yeah, again, babies, big babies should be walking by 18 months of age. But we do have um, a lot of babies at that age that tend to maybe bum shuffle or get around really easily otherwise they don't find the motivation to walk but again a review by a GP or a pediatrician is important to make sure there aren't any other aspects in their development that are that are going behind as well.
0: Okay, so that person should, should yeah. contact uh, their GP. Uh, my baby was premature and has had a few infections. Will she always be susceptible to this or will she grow out of it?
1: Yeah, that's a, a tough one. I mean, that's my bread and butter. And we do know that babies born preterm have an increased susceptibility to getting infections, especially over the first two years after discharge from hospital. Okay. But it does get better. And you know, children are entitled to get up to 12 infections a year sometimes, even what? those that aren't born preterm. Yeah, it really? can, Yeah, it can happen. Absolutely. Do you know, that
0: will make a lot of parents listening right now feel, they can take a sigh of relief because, you know, you can hear they're sick again. Yeah. They're sick again. Yeah. They're sick again.
1: Absolutely. And we went through a phase, you know, during the pandemic where we weren't really exposed to many drugs. No. To many bugs. So our immune system is not, wasn't ready to, mm-hmm. The onslaught of all the bugs that are happening now. So, we are seeing an increased incidence of chest infections. And I think it's partly explained by this.
0: And the, as you said, the, those little babies are your bread and butter. The, the tiniest of tiny babies yeah. are the ones you're dealing with every day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Yeah.
0: Uh, can you please help? What can I do to help a baby with colic?
1: Right. <laughs> oh, do you I have half with, an hour? Uh,
0: I don't. Oh, yeah. I well, know. It's um, a tough one, isn't it?
1: Just to say, I'd like to plug um, the Baby Tribe podcast. Yes, myself do. Myself and nursing mama, um, Katie Mugen, we actually dedicate a few episodes to dealing with babies with colic because it's such a common problem. Up to 50, 60% of babies will suffer some form of colic over the first few weeks. It's not something that can be trivialised because it can... Um, it can be quite devastating. Babies can um, cry all the time, very difficult to settle.
0: And for, hours, for, and for hours. hours and
1: hours and hours. It usually concentrates in the evening time. I mean, there are a lot of things that we need to, I suppose, find out about this baby before we can make an informed judgment on how to Mm. fix it. Is the baby breastfeeding or formula feeding? Often breastfed babies can still get colic. A probiotic can help with that. Um, Formula fed babies need to be fed smaller volumes more often during the day to help, held upright for a significant amount of time after a feed to help relieve the symptoms. Things like um, Infocal, Coleaf and these things don't tend to work um, for colic. But again, we do go into this in depth in in the baby tribe. So it's called, the
0: podcast is called The Baby Tribe and that's where, anywhere, 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 okay. So we can get it on the Go Loud network then as well. Um, My baby is on his third antibiotic in five months. How will this affect him? Can I give anything to boost him? He is nine months old and he is being
1: breastfed. So that's interesting. And um, there has been recent research demonstrating that we, we actually know that exposure to antibiotics over the first year of age can increase your risk of getting asthma down the line and getting some allergies down the line, except if you are being breastfed while taking those wow, antibiotics. I
0: know, that's very interesting. Yeah,
1: this is new research because we know that antibiotics can actually affect your microbiome. So the guts that is res- the good, healthy bacteria that reside in our guts. If you keep being exposed to antibiotics, those bacteria can be eliminated by the antibiotic, but breastfeeding can still replenish those antibiotics constantly and help reduce the risk of allergy down the line. Another thing that you may consider doing as well is taking a probiotic or giving your baby a probiotic while they're getting antibiotics as well. And again, I would question the need for repeated courses of antibiotics because we know that up to 80%, maybe higher, of infections in the first year are vile. So they don't actually need.
0: They don't don't particularly work. They don't need it. They don't
1: particularly work.
0: Okay. So that you, that person would need a little bit to give you a little bit more information, but that's really, really good advice there. I'm wondering, do I have any more that we, that we could quickly do? I don't know. That one's a long one. No, I think we'll have to wrap it up there. But I think uh, anyone who's listening and that there's other questions that we just can't get to, people should go to the baby tribe podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, thank you so much. Dr. Afif al-Kufash, consultant neonatologist. Oh, and paediatrician at the Rotunda Hospital. Uh, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your, your knowledge with us today. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron. On Talk.